Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be and hey, Mike. Hey there. How's it going today? It's hot today. Uh, yeah, Southeast Texas. Have you ever been in Southeast Texas July through, what, September? Yeah. Um, if you're not acclimated to it, it can be literally dangerous. Just walking from your <laughs> air-conditioned house to the car, you're like, why did I even get outside? You know. I tell people, we don't sweat mowing the yard. We sweat going to get the mower out of the shed before we mow the yard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then, then some. Yeah. Well... We need to, um, something I want to do today, even though it's hot outside and we've both been in the humidity and it is what it is, I come inside and I say, you know what, let's focus on the Word of God. And that's where I, you know, sweat, okay, turn the fan on, let's get into my study, because as pastor, you know, Sunday comes and I have to be mm-hmm. studied or I'm going to stand at the pulpit and not have anything to say. Right. So i got to focus. Mm-hmm. And that's a, focus is a very lost discipline in our society today mm-hmm. you've got tv shows and it, you know, mike you ever notice that movies today they're so fast and so rapid paced compared to w- the way movies used to be right and if you watch an old movie today it seems kind of like uh, boring taking forever yeah. to go anywhere and then you change it R- right yeah you know, but the movies today uh, mike i can't even watch a transformers movie the you know the new transformers ones where mm-hmm. th- it's nothing but a bunch of blah, 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 they're all fighting and bombs going off and it's so fast paced. I can't lock on it. I watch about 15, 20 minutes. I turn it off because I got to rest. I can't get on to anything. Hmm. And they make movies like this because kids are losing focus. They can't right. focus on a story. You got to dazzle them with effects or they're going to be shut off. And focus is a very lost thing in our society today. So I wanted to talk about focus. And I wanted to start off by. Colossians, the guys, this is the Bible here. We do everything verse by verse. Colossians 3, verse 2. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. So, Mike, I see that demands focus. And, you know, it, it, to me, it implies you do it. Paul is saying, set your mind. Don't Pray and ask God to set your mind for you. Lord, would you He's, do this for me? Right. Yeah, God, it's all your responsibility to set my mind on things of yeah. heaven. It's like, no, Paul is saying the guy that went to prison, was beaten, and wrote two-thirds of the Bible, and eventually died for his faith. He said, set your mind. You do it. You make the willful decision of the free will that God gave you, and that to me implies we're responsible to discipline ourselves, to set our mind and choose, and then do it. A key word you said in there was discipline, mm-hmm. and I was hoping to get into that, but mm-hmm. I'm glad you said it instead of me, which means we're tracking, right? Okay. Discipline, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, the the root word of discipline is disciple. 
Jesus says, you cannot, you can't follow me. You know, you got to take up your cross, but you cannot be one of my disciples, which what he said in that is you need to learn to focus on me. Mike, mm-hmm. there's a lot of distraction out there today, isn't there? Right. And we're warned about it. I don't know that we're going to get in in this discussion, but the scriptures are laced with things that were warned that distract us or set us astray or that um, that tease us and tempt us in our affections and desires. It, it goes on and on about that. Lots of it. You turn on the news. What are they trying to do? They're trying to scare you with this, trying to scare you with that. I'm talking about Democrat and Republican, Fox or CNN. I'm not picking a side. I'm saying they're all doing it. It's mm-hmm. be scared of everything. And friends, if you if you let that TV, the squawk box that we always called it, if you let the squawk box have your mind, if you let it own your mind, you'll forget about God. I know people, they're scared to death of what they see on the news. Mm-hmm. And I just want to th- say, well, do you remember what the Lord says? He says, be of good cheer. I overcame the world. Right. Oh, that takes a focus, Mike, because mm-hmm. yes, theoretically and literally, uh, many believers, they know that Jesus overcame the world, but yet there's that distraction out there that's mm-hmm. just trying to trip you up. And it takes that discipline. It requires us to say, okay, all right, Ray, pause, hit the pause button, reset, stop it. Okay. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Let me get my mind on you. And it's interesting, the verse that you did uh, bring up today, it gives opposing focuses in the same verse. Not only does it imply that we're responsible and commanded and encouraged to do it by Paul, but he says, on the things above or the things of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, and not the things on the earth. Why, Ray? Why would Paul... Make it specific like that. Because we got down here messing with us and <laughs> trying yeah. to block us from seeing up there. Right. So, you know, for those who are Christians, you understand that the things of the earth are, um, you know, it's fallen. We're living in a fallen world that's full of selfishness, destruction, sin, etc. But, and and Paul is, is making the dif- difference between the two. And he's saying, think of heavenly things, things above, which... Uh, implies heavenly yeah it requires our discipline yes you know whatever freaks you out whatever scares you to death you know what whatever that is here's a suggestion look at christ just look at him well how do i do that pick up your bible and read it let that take your mind okay whatever you choose to allow to own you is basically what owns you (laughs) duh Mm -hmm. but you got to make that choice you choose who owns you let me show a quick story here that defines this to us, what we're trying to get out here. Let me let the Bible explain itself. From Matthew 14 and 25, the disciples were out in a boat, and it was a, a messy situation out there in the water. Matthew 14, 25 says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when, he, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But, hmm. Mike, that word is... Yeah, you're like, oh boy, that, what's going on That flips to the other, there's something else going on here too, right? But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, 
He was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Okay, Peter had a distraction, didn't he? It was the wind of the storm. Oh, these waves are going to get me, and I'm going to sink, and I'm going to die. And Jesus is right there. I mean, come Mm on. So he had a distraction. He let his mind get focused on the things below, not on things above. And Jesus Mm -hmm. literally was above the 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 way so that makes it an easy picture so what 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 what, the only thing he had to do was look at christ Mm -hmm. he had to look at jesus and he 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 changed his focus again back to jesus and he cried out to him and uh mike i think it said that he immediately reached out to him he didn't like wait an hour later oh you know by i'll be drowned and dead by then right it says he immediately reached out and grabbed him Mike, that was all dependent on Peter's focus. Right. His focus was the pivotal point here where he had to turn. Mm -hmm. And that is what people are missing today. Today, people are focused on the waves. Mm -hmm. They're focused on the problem. Right. Well, Ray, don't I I have to deal with the problem? I mean, it's there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. So I got to work on the problem. No. Because when you look at Jesus, he picked Peter up out of the waves, right? Right. And so whether the waves are still there or not, you can walk above the trouble if you look on, on at Christ. I think too many times, and I'm guilty of this myself sometimes, that I get a little uh, distracted by all the mess that's going on out there, and I get mm-hmm. to thinking, well, i got to fix this, i got to fix that. You know, we men, we're, we're fixers. Right. We, we see stuff that's mm-hmm. broken, we try to yeah. fix it. Mm-hmm. And we get so fixated on that, and it gets bigger and bigger, and there's more trouble and more trouble. We're never going to catch up to it. Mm-hmm. And then you're sinking in it before you know it. I yeah. mean, you're just drowning in, in mess mm-hmm. when you're thinking, man, I should have looked at, I should have just looked at Jesus. Oh, no, the problem's still there. Yeah. But when you look at Jesus, you walk above the problem. And, you know, I was just thinking, right, that in this situation, we're talking about Peter, Peter that left his fishing business. Walked away from it. He quit his career. He's, he's, he left his career. He's been wa- wandering around, you know, village to village, city to city, sleeping outside sometimes. You're not, not knowing necessarily sometimes where the next meal might come from or whatever. Like Jesus said, he had nowhere to lay his head. So in a sense, he had made a decision to follow Jesus already. But, and, and you can relate that to us today. We've made a choice to follow Christ and have found, you know, it was revealed to him through the Holy Spirit that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah. But he, he had already declared that he declared it. And but he still in the moment he was looking for validation of who it was that was coming towards him. And when he got it, he began to walk in it. But then, like you said, he lost focus because of the troubles around him. So it's it's a it's proof and evidence and an example that you and I can do the same thing. Pastors can do it. Missionaries can do it. It's not an excuse to lose focus, but it shows that it does. But I like what you said that immediately he cried out to the Lord. That is critical because if you, like you said, as a, as a human, as a man that tries to fix everything, you try to do it on your own and you don't immediately cry out to the Lord, you're actually prolonging the possible complications and the lack of health. You're making it worse on yourself. That he may be prepared for you. I mean, he was right there. Now, how he answers and when he answers is all dependent on what's going on in your life. 
but the general story still applies. Yes, there's things going on with COVID. Yes, there's things going on with the economy. Yes, there's, you know, things going on around the world, international troubles and, and all these things. But what is God's plan for us? What did God say? What is he doing in our world? Is that what we're focusing on? Or are we focusing on the troubles that are going on and the things that he told us ahead of time anyway were going to take place? You know, it's sad to me, Mike. There's people listening to us right now, and they agree with us theologically. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Jesus was right there. Yeah, of course Mm -hmm. he should have called. Okay, to the person listening to me right now, I want you to consider something. The difficulties that you're going through right now, why are you blowing all your steam out on fixing those problems, knowing you're sinking in it? It's easy to look at Peter and go, well, come on, Peter. Jesus was standing right there. It's obvious you should have reached out to him. Okay, let me ask you, the listener, how come you're not reaching out to Jesus? Don't you think he's right there, too? I mean, you're, you're, you've got this life of misery and trouble and, oh, woe is me. How am I going to get out of this? And you're going to point at Peter and say, why didn't you just call out to Jesus because he's right there? My friend. Why don't you do the same thing? It said Jesus immediately grabbed him. You have little faith. Why'd you doubt? Guys, what I'm trying to say is know that the Lord Jesus is there. You don't have to tread water until your arms and legs fall off trying to fix things yourself. To those of you drowning, you're neck deep in trouble and you don't see a way out. What I'm trying to tell you, call upon the Lord. He's right there. He wants to help you. Uh, Mike, a long time ago, I went to do a dispatch console. I used to do dispatching work. This girl was in an office and she, the dispatch computer failed. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, for her, all she had to do was like if, if to dispatch a truck to a certain place, all she had to do was click and then the truck would get the message. He'd go, well, the computer wasn't working. She had to take all these phone calls and the phone was going off the hook. She had post-it notes and notepads everywhere. She was writing all this stuff down. She was going nuts. Mm-hmm. I showed up with a new dispatch computer. All I had to do was get into her desk and swap it out, but she wouldn't get out of the chair. Mm -hmm. She kept taking phone call and phone call, and she was flipping out. And I said, would you give me two minutes? All I got to do, I got the answer right here. Mm -hmm. All I got to do is get in your spot behind that desk, Mm -hmm. pull the cables out of the computer, stick the new one in, turn it on, and you're good. And then the computer will take over. Your life will get a whole lot easier. And you know what she told me? Not right now. I'm too busy. Mm Mm-hmm. She said, I'm standing right in front of her. I have the answer in my hand. Uh And she would not get out of the way. Friend, (laughs) what I'm trying to say is get out of the way. So you know what I did? I thought, okay, I'm going to watch until she can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit down and just twiddle my thumbs and go, gal, you know, hey, I've got it, but it's up to you. Let's see how far we can go with this. And I sat there and I watched her go literally crazy until she looked at me and said, aren't you going to do something? And I said, get out of the way. In other words, let me have it. Mm-hmm. And so she she got, <laughs> she got up, got out of the way, and I got in there. And I'm not kidding you. In less than two minutes, I had her up and running. Her whole world just turned easy, just in a flash. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, we go through that. But the, the answer, again, is eventually you realize in those areas of your life, we need the Lord. We need him to be our source, our help, our strength, our peace. And he gave us the Holy Spirit, the helper even though he was, you know, crucified, buried, rose again and left, he says, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not going to, there's plenty of scriptures that shows that he sent the helper, 
and uh, in Acts, of course, the disciples uh, receive that. You know, a picture of you standing there with this computer in your hands yeah. in this story, it makes me think of uh, Matthew chapter 24, where, they, where Jesus is describing what it was going to be like in the end times and the, the description of it, the troubles, some of the things that were going to be going on. And just a few verses from that, uh, Matthew 24, verses 23, 24, and 25. Then, if anyone says to you, look, there is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, even if possible, even the elect. And this is the the verse that I like uh, here a lot. He says in verse 25, See, I have told you beforehand. So he told us, he said, Basically, behold, as you said in one of your recent sermons, means to look. Look, man. Focus He's like, on this. Check this out, check dude. This. I'm telling you now yeah. that when it gets to be time, these are going and there's a lot of other things that match the 10 o'clock news in here. But if you go in there, it he's telling them, look, focus on what I'm telling you now, 2,000 years before it happens, that this is going to go down. Any of you listening, you've been to school and you have to take a test. And sometimes you get the daydreaming, counting ceiling tiles or watching the clock and you realize, oh, time test. I better, I better get on the, get on the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I better direct my focus. Right. And we are really hurting our youth, our kids today that we're not teaching them to focus. They have all forgotten about the Lord. They've forgotten the Bible. They're not looking. They're not studying the word of God so that they can know the real Christ that's coming. And, you know, we, we have been warned. We got to get our focus right so that we know who we're calling on. I want to jump into Philippians 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brethren, when he says brethren, he's talking about believers, believers. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. He's saying, okay, the good stuff mm-hmm. that you learned right. out of, uh, he said, out of what I taught you, out of God's word, think on this stuff. Think about this. There, Mike, there is plenty to think about out there, there's a, a million and a half thousand things right. that can mess your mind up mm-hmm. if you let it own your brain power. He's saying that these things, and he gives us the list, whatever things true, noble, just, pure. Guys, we need more purity. Whatever's lovely. Oh, there's lovely things to think about. Things of good report. Whatever has any good virtue and praiseworthy. Think about that, guys. Oh, that computer in everybody's house. You can go look up anything you want to and have your mind all over the place on right. a bunch of messed up stuff. Mm-hmm. The news, I mean, I keep raking the news over the coals because it's like one of the worst things out there. You know, there's plenty of distraction. And, and I'll agree if you're thinking, but Ray, there's a lot to be scared of. Hey, I'll agree. Yeah, there's a lot to be afraid of. You know, there's a lot to be scared of right now. But the Bible says, Take these good things in this list in Philippians 4, 8, and you think on those things. I, I know people that are absolutely tortured, Mike. They are tortured because mm-hmm. they can't get their mind off 
the bad stuff. And it affects what they do. When you're that wrapped up in your mind with fear and with uncertainty and with panic and urgency, you tend probably not going to make very good, solid decisions. You know, and it steals their peace. Right. It steals your peace. It can steal your health. You can talk to good decision making, right, like you're saying. Right. Causing stress and anxiety. And you have to go on medication. Oh, yeah. It's severe. There's no spiritual problems right. anymore. We medicate everything. We give it a a, right. a a title with a pill to go with it. It makes me think of what's also said in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, for to be carnally minded is death. But there's that but again. Oh, yeah. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. That requires your decision, friends. Your decision, I'm not going to put up with this, but I'm going to put my mind on that. And Philippians 4 verse 8 tells you what to put your mind on. Right. It tells you how to focus your mind, focus your brain power. If we're going to talk about swallowing pills, let me tell you this one. Swallow the focus pill, okay? <laughs> That's the pill you want to swallow is the focus pill. Right, that's what we need to call this this <laughs> message today. Swallow the focus pill. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's very important. Um, there's a lot of things out there trying to present itself as this is the way to go. Right. The government says, no, this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. A TV show. No, this is the way to go. The All these people, I've got the answer. Do it this way. A talk show, talk show hosts and things of that Here's nature. the 12 steps and all that. I'm going to tell you there's a one step. It's give your life to Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians 3.11, it says, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, Silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So you're given a decision. You need to focus on the good things. Look at Christ. Remember, Christ is right there. Call on him. Focus on him. But the things that you don't focus on him with, if you focus on the wrong things and let those things own your life, you're just expelling all your energy out on things you're going to lose. You're going to lose it. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. You're not turning over to the Lord, but man, you're doing all this work to fix this and fix all these things on the day, the final, this big judgment day. Is it going to pass through the fire of judgment with you or not? Right. See, you're going to lose it all. Mm-hmm. If you don't build on the foundation of Christ, If okay, let's say you have a problem. Let's say you've got, you don't know, let's say, for instance, you don't know how you're going to pay your rent. Lord, how am I going to pay rent? I'm going to lose my house and I'm going to be homeless. Okay. I know that's a real thing, and it's very serious to you, or you have a like a similar problem like that. Hand it over to the Lord. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? How do I do this, Lord mm-hmm. God? Help me to get my bills paid and see what he does. But if you try to do it yourself and you don't put that problem, if you don't set that problem on the foundation of Christ, if your focus is you fixing it, and if you don't get your focus on, I've got to put this problem on the foundation of Christ, you're going to lose everything. 
What do you want your life to say at the end when you're done, when everything's over and you're called up? Do you want to say everything I did was on the foundation and I get to take it with me as a reward? Are you going to lose all this time and all this effort? Friends, that takes focus. Focus on things above, not on things down here. Put it on the foundation of Jesus. And you know, Ray, as you're talking about a circumstance that we go through, because everyone has a time or times, multiple may seem like more than others. But I had the thought, am I only doing that when that problem arises? Do I only focus on the Lord when I'm pressured in by a problem? Or am I trying to focus in on him no matter what, when it's good, when it's easier than other times? When the things are not so bad, am I still looking for him? Am I still following him? And, you know, he said, well, he said, what's the first and the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With most of your heart. Yep. Part of the time. Yeah. Right? Part time. Or, or was it three quarters of the time? Two hours a day. No, I think it was four. I think he said all. Yes. Yeah, with, there you with go. With all your strength, all your heart, and all your might. And that's implying that he wants a solid relationship with you, bringing it down, rubber meets the road kind of thing. He wants a, a pure, solid relationship with you. He made the way through his son, Jesus, that as you just read, based on him, we will be, um, things will be tried, the foundation that he created. But don't just do it, uh, brothers and sisters and those listening, do it daily, make it part of your daily life. There's Psalms are full of times when King David was seeking the Lord in the morning. When I rise, I will seek you. As the deer punts for the water, so my soul longs for you. Do you love the Lord your God? Because of the love that he gave us through Jesus that Rachel explained, are we responding with the same love and gratitude by focusing? I'm focusing my love. Like Ray and I are both married to wonderful ladies. We love them. Our focus is on them. I put my wife's picture on my computer. When I get some nice pictures of her, I throw it on there. I focus on her. And I send her pictures saying, Look, babe, I'm looking at you, and I'm smiling. And so, I, I smile at work about myself on my desk. I may seem weird, but I'm focusing on that which I love. Mike, what do you think she would say if you had a picture of another woman on your computer? Um, I'd have bruises you, you, on my yeah, leg because she'd yeah. be kicking me Wouldn't be good. <laughs> <at> minimum. <laughs> I bring up that scenario to people often. I said it to someone as recent as yesterday. Um, I said, so what if uh, you know I've got a wife, and what if I told my wife, that I love you, but I'm going to spend the night with other women for six nights of the week, and I'll see you Friday. You'll get mm-hmm. me Friday, but then six nights of the week, I've got these other gals mm-hmm. I want to hang out with. She, you know, her thing is, no, you're mine. Mm-hmm. You focus on me. Right. Your focus needs mm-hmm. to be on me. Right. You committed to me. Mm-hmm. You're mine. Right. And I say the same thing to her. Mm-hmm. You're, you belong to me, and we focus to each other. We don't give our eyes and attention to other people. So when you put it in that context, boy, people really understand real quick what you're getting at. Well, it's a deliberate thing. When you make a marriage covenant commitment, you not only just say, okay, I made a commitment to you. I'll see you later. You work on it. It's something you have to give yourself to and let be active and deliberate. And just like you said at the very beginning, the very first verse you read, um, out of uh, Colossians 3.2, set your mind. I'm setting my affections, my mind, on my wife who I committed to, and so are you. But Paul's saying here, set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. Other people, other women, other covenants that you don't have any business doing. That's good, and I'm glad you said marriage covenant, because, friends, you need to know that when the Lord set up salvation for you, it is a covenant. 
And when you get in covenant with Jesus Christ and you submit yourself to him, God becomes your spiritual husband. And oh, that's weird, Ray. I don't mean gender husband. I mean spiritual husband. This is why the Lord called uh, Israel, you adulterous nation, when they turned on him, Mm -hmm. because they're turning from him to go play around with other other people. God considered adultery against him. You're you're committing adultery against me. Mm -hmm. And so we got to focus. Right. Now, guys, I know sometimes you see some girl walking through town somewhere and she and you can't help but see her. You eye bounce real quick. Okay. Uh, You know, especially if you're married and you you focus on your wife. Therefore, spiritually, focus on the things above. Focus on Jesus. Yes, there's other women walking around out there that will distract you. Yes, there's other problems that will distract you. You got to focus on the one who says you're mine. I belong to you. You committed to me. That's where your focus should be. And right. while I'm not, and while I'm on this subject of marriage, hi Anna, how you doing? Anyway, <laughs> so we're going to keep going. That's my wife. Uh, I want to show you Second Corinthians eleven three it says, but I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity. That is in Christ. <laughs> Whoa. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Mm. So what he's saying is there's false Jesuses out there. Mm-hmm. There's false gospels out there. There's false spirits out there claiming to be, oh, we're, we're the one. Right. Friends, you better get your mind focused. I, I, I'm sorry I'm talking like a parent here. You better get your mind. Let me put it this way. Friends, I strongly encourage you to get your mind focused on Jesus Christ. Those of you who went through high school listening to me, those of you who have been through a college degree, whatever, those of you who have any kind of a job, you know that you have got to get your mind on your work or you're not going to get through. Friends, I'm trying to help you understand that to get through this life with all the troubles that it's got, Mm -hmm. you've got to get your mind on Jesus. Well, how do you know which one's the real Jesus? You need to study his word. Right. You need to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. If all the Bible you're getting is out of me in this podcast, red flag, you're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. You need to spend your time you need to dedicate to your spiritual husband, God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and give him your time. Right. Study. Because it says the word of God is living and powerful. It's not just text on a page. It's not just the, you know, the Houston or the Washington Post or whatever. It is living because it's a record of God's spoken word. It is truth and life. <clears throat> and even Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and then life. And describe himself as the living word. So as we do what you're encouraging us to do, Ray, we're actually letting that word of God's life, recorded word for a reason to keep it and make sure it was sure that it brings life and correction to us and a whole host of other things we could spend another hour speaking of. But the thing is, is that he wants you to hear those words of life and to focus on them because it's back to what he originally wanted for us anyway. A, a, a loving, life-giving relationship with him out of free will. So I know that maybe some of you may be thinking about what Mike just said, and you're wondering, okay, so you want me to think on this on these particular things. Well, how do I know what they are? 
How do I know? That's what we're saying. Study the word of God. We read in Philippians 4, 8, he said, fix your mind, focus on the things that are true, noble, pure, whatever's lovely, good report. The word of God is a good report. Anything that's got any good virtue, anything praiseworthy, think on these things. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is, friend, if you've got a Bible, pick it up, open it. Read it. Well, I don't know everything. You're not going to know everything in the Bible. Nobody can, but at least yeah. try. Right. Focus there. Put mm-hmm. your mind there. You don't have to know the whole Bible. I'm a pastor. I've been through four years of Bible college, and I'll tell you right now, I don't know the whole Bible. My great-grandmother, gosh, she was in her uh, 90s, and I remember walking through the living room one time at, at, down on the ranch where she lived, and uh, she was reading the Bible, and she goes, you know how old I am? I said, uh, you know, I'm trying to be nice, 70-something. She goes, no, I'm 90-something years old. She was all excited about her age. Mm-hmm. And she said, I've read this Bible all the time, and I still don't know it all. I still get new things out of it. The Word of God says my people suffer from lack of knowledge. Why do they suffer from lack of knowledge? Because their focus is not towards the things of God. Right. Friends, we're not doing this podcast just to entertain you and give you something to listen to on your drive home from work, although that's nice if you do. What we're trying to encourage you to do is get your mind on the Lord God. Right. Call upon his name. Any final thoughts here, Mike? Just make a choice to do so and let it become not just a convenient alternate. Let it become a conviction that I need to focus my heart, my life, and my soul on the giver of life in the first place so that I can have the things in which he promised and is the source of peace, life, joy, and all the fruits of the spirit that are talked about in in the Bible. We hope we have encouraged you today. I want to pray with you for you to take all those things that are just messing you up, all those things that you just cannot seem to get a hold of that have just made your life absolutely miserable. It may be a circumstance. It may be finances. It may be that that irritating coworker that you are forced to work with that you don't like. Well, hey, remember, we were all irritating and sin to God at one point, okay? <laughs> Whatever it is, remember Peter. When that was his focal point, he sank in it. If you feel that you're sinking in trouble, it's because that's where your mind is. I'm asking you to repent, which means turn around and refocus yourself. Throw your concern, your your thoughts. Give yourself over to the Lord Jesus and call upon him. He's as he's waiting. He's right there. I mean, it's easy to point at Peter and say, "Why didn't you do it?" I'm asking you, how come you're not doing it? Call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Pray with me. Father God, I come before you. It's too big, Lord. I can't do it anymore. It's too heavy. Take it over. I can't do it. I let go, and I let it go to you. I will look at you. I will look to you to deal with this problem that I have not yet fixed. Even in all my vast experience, as long as I've been at it, I still haven't been able to fix it. I let you do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying. In my place, the ultimate big problem I couldn't fix, my sin. You paid the death penalty that I could never pay for. You paid it for me because you love me. I turn it all over to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take over your Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Mike, I pray we got through to somebody somewhere. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life. You'll have all you need. Just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set for life.